some bit of good news that has tied in not only with where you grew up, but also is tied in with something we've talked a lot about on the show, Dodger Stadium. Um, I don't know if we need to go too long into this, but something that I feel like needs to be addressed on this program, on this program, like an old person I am. Uh, <laughs> from LA yep. Taco, families displaced by Dodger Stadium start official petition for reparations and other demands. This is pretty yeah. big. Yeah, it, I mean, uh, as far as I can tell, and I hope I didn't miss a line in the story, but it seems to be kind of the first kind of, uh, I suppose, organized effort for reparations for families who were displaced by the construction of Dodger Stadium in the three Mexican-American neighborhoods. Uh, and I'm going to read the names here, Palo Verde, Bishop, and La Loma. And uh, again, if you haven't been in Dodger Stadium still after listening, uh, you and if you've never been, it's a really big area. Um, uh, according to this, 1,800 families. That is a lot of people. And uh, this group is coming out and making a pretty vocal, the group Buried Under the Blue, making a pretty vocal campaign for reparations. Um, they're taking the Dodgers logo and uh, now it just reads uh, Displacers, just slapping stickers everywhere. And I have to say, you know, I am admittedly a diehard Dodgers fan. It does sting. And I know, you know, we can we've talked about, you know, stealing home and it is a, there's a, an enormous story there that everyone needs to get familiar with, including me. But it's uh, I think, um, you know, this may not make the L.A. Times California section on a Monday morning, but I think it's still pretty significant because. Even just you open up the story and you see that they have the Dodgers logo displacers, that's going to draw some attention. I mean, not only is that like a copyright like fight already brewing, but it kind of coincides with there was some activity at the actual Dodger Stadium recently with activists running on the field. Um, this is a movement that is not going away. This could be the beginning of something big. And this group is asking for public apology, reparations from city agencies, um, historical monument, and uh, three community centers. I don't think there was a monetary demand necessarily. Of course, you know, those things cost money, but they're not, it doesn't seem like they're asking so much for uh, reparations to families or so much, but um, this is, I, I think it's pretty significant. And again, this might not be a story that picks up in a year, God forbid, you know, a couple years, but in today's society, this is the kind of thing that's going to gain traction. So uh, good for them, honestly. And I say that, like, even as a Dodgers fan, I have to admit, it does sting that knowing that your team doesn't care about these people, but um, I'm, it's really encouraging. Wholeheartedly. Um, one, one of the images of this that really stands out, it's not even so much the image, it's more who it's featuring. And I, I am on the nonprofit's website, uh, Buried Under the Blue. But the founder, her name is Melissa Archiga. And there's an image of her with the LA Time, uh, excuse me, LA Taco story. And if I'm not mistaken, I do rem I do vividly remember from Stealing Home, Abrana Archiga being a central figure in that whole story of older older woman that was living in that area who had a long, long history that uh, Eric Nussbaum 
documents in that book. Again, it's it's such an amazing story leading up to, uh, as L.A. Taco referred to it, I believe, as the battle. Yeah, the battle of Chavez Ravine. Um, but I would assume this is a descendant of hers. I, I could be completely mistaken because Arachiga's family was displaced by putting Dodger Stadium right where they lived. Um, and, it you know, it does say here that Buried Under the Blue is a website and group made up of families and descendants of families who were displaced better known as the removal of Chavez Ravine uh, standing with a displacer's flag. Um, it's interesting, too, this article takes a jab, uh, frankly, a, a pretty stark jab at uh, Magic Johnson, Fernando Valenzuela, and Gabriel Iglesias, who all have fomented civic pride, to use L.A. Taco's term, mm-hmm. uh, with, Dodger, with Dodger Stadium. And so it's fascinating to see this you know this institution that is to some degree it's being propped up by people that we like you know i i I love i love fluffy don't get me wrong um hell when was it when we went down to fullerton and we were driving back up we my dad and his wonderful wonderful gps um took me back uh not that took all of us back not that far away from dodger stadium and there's a plane flying with a banner with uh, Gabriel Iglesias' face on it, and we were all looking out the window going, Fluffy! Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, this is a fascinating story. Um, I will also just read a little bit from this article just to add a little bit further to what we've already been talking about. Buried Under the Blues petition describes the stolen land as, quote, described by our ancestors as one giant rancho with one giant familia. It also merges the fight to recognize the shameful displacement of people with today's current fight against gentrification in neighborhoods of color, saying the three barrios are very important to the history of our past and even the present day with our communities still being destroyed by racist housing policies and corporations like the Dodgers who invest the money you spend on your tickets for the game they use. Oh, man, I'm getting my inflections wrong here. Uh, Money you spend on your tickets for the game they use your money to buy properties in your barrios that drive up your rents, causing gentrification. Your own money is being used to kick you out. Hente, wake up. The last of our communities like Echo Park, Lincoln Heights, Highland Park, Boyle Heights, Holland Beck, Elysian Valley, Chinatown, South Central, and really any community of color are being destroyed just like Palo Verde, La Loma, and Bishop to make way for corporations. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting that there is the call out of neighborhoods that weren't affected because I did grow up in Elysian Valley, which is known as Frogtown, and it's uh, it's not exactly walking distance from the stadium, but it's uh, really close. You know, my mom still lives there too. It's it's down the hill from the other side of Echo Park. And growing up, you know, or even to this day, it would be very easy to say, you know, the Dodgers didn't do anything to me, and but they did it to our neighbors and. Um, it's something that, um, you know, and there's communities that are way closer to Chavez Ravine, or I shouldn't even say that. So uh, there's communities that are way closer. So, and you know, it is interesting too, because, um, I think it also kind of brings up a discussion and please correct me if I'm going down a wrong path here, but, um, Mm -hmm. the ownership of the Dodgers, well, of course, you know, as you can imagine, you know, Magic Johnson well, himself, I guess he's adopted L.A., but it's not like he grew up a Dodger fan. But 
Um, you know, I believe none of the owners of the Dodgers, and it is a corporation, um, are from Los Angeles. The original owners and family of the Dodgers, the O'Malley family, even Fox owned the Dodgers for a little bit in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, this uh, new company, when they talk about when they say corporate, um, you know, the Dodgers for 50, 60 years, family owned. There was like one finger to point. But part of me thinks that, um, I don't know, maybe... Uh, I had another thought before I came to this thought, but because it's a corporation, a literal corporation, you know, part of this ownership group who owns the Dodgers, Magic Johnson, who himself is a big time businessman, a movie producer, uh, investors, and then uh, the other guys are asset management managers, essentially. So um, this isn't pointing the finger at like, oh, like Peter O'Malley, the guy from Brooklyn who brought him over. This is a straight up corporation, you know, and if you, uh, and again, just calling back to my Dodger fandom, they are the best team in baseball, literally, but they are also literally the most expensive team. They pay the most for their players, their stadiums on the more expensive side, of course. And when they say there's a corporation here, it is corporation. They mean cor- it's corporation through and through. So part mm-hmm. of me thinks that it's uh, it's a little bit easier to point the finger because all those good memories of, you know, Walter O'Malley who brought the Dodgers here and was a nice guy. Like that's 20 years gone. And even Fox, even Fox who won the Dodgers, that's 20 years gone. This is a straight up corporation. So uh, they're not Dodger fans. In, in terms of the, of the ownership, I mean, you've got the Guggenheim partners, uh, the Guggenheim baseball management, which, all of those individuals are either from the Midwest or the Northeast. And the only other owners that I'm seeing that are actually from California are Alan Smolinski yeah. uh, from LA and then Billie Jean King, uh, who doesn't need a description. I think I'm pretty sure it's safe to say everybody knows who she is, who's from Long Beach. And the Guggenheim is from New York. I. It's, I yeah, uh, it's to, to be continued.